I'm going to say it's grand to be back. And uh, thank you. And we. <laughs> Calm down. It, it's it's just grand to be growing back into the into the church and and understanding a little bit more as to what God's been doing here and what God will continue to do here. And it's just it's just grand to be part of the place again. So we both appreciate your welcome. And um, yeah, it's good to be here. I'm I'm sharing this morning partly because <clears throat> of the role that. Uh, I share with Ruth Harris from Christchurch in the Do You Know Him initiative. And that's, uh, we've been tasked with the responsibility of looking after the prayer and the prayer support for what's been happening over these next months. Uh, and so Phil said, would I share a few things on, on, the, on the title of uh, evangelism and, and prayer? Uh, and, and when it comes to prayer... We've all got that heart, haven't we, where we, we say like the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray, because we all have our experiences of prayer, uh, some positive, some puzzling, but we know it's something that's really important and part of our faith, and as we look forward into the challenging months, it's part of what, what we'll be involved in. But we say to the Lord Jesus, teach us, so that others will know you better, uh, and we will know you better too. We had that meeting on the uh, beginning of December at Christchurch when a good number here were there, and there was an invitation to be involved in different groups to do with uh, Do You Know Him? And there were a group of us who, who gathered to, to consider the, the topic of prayer. And some of the thoughts that were, were, were coming across were, were these like, you know, prayers are a vital and essential part uh, of what's going to be happening. It prepares the ground for sowing. Prayer changes us, draws us closer to God. It's listening for God's direction. Makes something more personal, relevant. If you're investing time on your knees praying or out on the hills walking, praying to God for what's to come, the more you invest into it, the more it becomes part of you. The words that go out also go within Encourage the integrity. And prayer faces the darkness. Helps us to put on the armor to face the challenges of the coming months. But as I pondered about prayer, the, the, the question came up, what, what is it? And uh, I, I'm not saying what I'm going to share here in the, for, the, for the beginning of, of this session is is the full story at all. But prayer is one of those things that, that suffers a little bit when we concentrate on style over substance. We can look at prayer and we can think, what we need to do for the initiative to be positive is that we've got to have 24-7 prayer. We've got to have prayer breakfast. By the way, there is a prayer breakfast on Saturday morning. <laughs> Eight o'clock. Uh, I don't know which room we'll be in. But please come and pray. Um, but the prayer breakfast or prayer at lunchtime or, or prayer in the evening. We can focus on what we do rather than the substance. We can focus on, we're not careful on the effort that we put into it over the function. And that may be sometimes when prayer starts to become even, even more challenging because it, it somehow becomes us focused instead of being God focused. 
And prayer, for whatever purpose, whether it be evangelism or in any area of our life, has got to be initially God-focused. And what I, what I pondered on it being is, is his access into the heavenlies, the realm of God, the opening of an interface with God, whatever your terminology is. I mean, I've sort of banged a picture up there of a wormhole. So for those of you who sort of get that kind of sort of way of thinking of things, that that prayer connects us with that realm of the heavenlies where, where, where God is. I mean, you've got that image in, in Hebrews where the writer of the Hebrews says, let's come boldly to the throne of grace so we can find help in time of need. And the, and the symbolism in Hebrews was very much linked to the Old Testament symbolism. And you can imagine that the writer of the Hebrews was talking about the Holy of Holies. And he was saying, in prayer, we come right into that gracious presence of God. In prayer, we are that, that link. We're the link between where we are now and the awesomeness that is God. And yes, there's going to be many questions that we have. And, and, and we've all got our, our frustrations about prayer and times when we we maybe bang our fists on the desk and wondering why God aren't you? But never let it rob us of the tremendous awesomeness of that connection with the heavenlies through prayer. So when we come to think about prayer in the context of do you know him? This is what we're engaging in. We're engaging in an opportunity that connects who God is and all that God has with that place where God has put us. And a place where God has put us where we see things differently because of His Spirit working within us. You know, you look back into the Old Testament on other occasions where, where people out of their relationship with God cried to Him and He answered. Whether it be the Old Testament people who cried in their slavery and God said, I hear their cry. Whether it be the prophets, whether it be the Lord Jesus. People cried out to God and he heard them. And with our divine interface, we've got that opportunity of crying out for those to whom within God has placed us. And as we are this divine interface, one of the things that God might call us to do, and I dare say we will do, is prayer walking. And remember that a prayer walk is not an event, but it's a way of living. And with the Spirit of God within us, whereby we see things differently, the Spirit of God within us, whereby now our eyes are open, so that as we walk around Skipton, we see people and circumstances different. With that insight, we can be those who bring the presence of God into our communities, into those situations where God has put us. Prayer, it's not so much an activity, but it's a way of life. It's, as we look into the next few months, it's that development of a culture. So as we approach the next few months, we seek to see a culture of prayer that comes out of our awareness of the vastness of what prayer is, and our relationship with the God who calls us to speak with Him on the behalf of the places where He's put us.
You sit in Nero's or you sit in Being Loved or, you, or wherever and you see people differently. You walk up and down the high street, you go to your place of work and we see people differently. You know, Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, he said, unless you are born of the Spirit, you can't see the kingdom of God. Now, the vast majority of us here are Christians. We've been born again by the Spirit of God, so we know the Word of God to us is that we see things differently. We see the kingdom of God about us. We see where the kingdom of God wants to impact people's lives. And with that insight, and with that awareness of the vastness of prayer, we walk and we live. And particularly as we look into these next few months. I want to share quite a bit on the importance of relationship. In a way, I've touched on that with, with the relationship that people had in the Old Testament and the prophets, Jesus, the way he withdrew to talk to his father. But the importance of relationship, togetherness, as we look into these next few months. Jesus said this, he said, Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus spent time one-on-one -on -one with his father. And a lot of what he did was informed by those times alone with the father. And when it comes to what we want to share over these coming months about our awareness of Jesus, our knowledge of Jesus, our relationship with Jesus, our experience of Jesus, that's going to be informed by our one-on-one -on -one with him. And when it comes to prayer and evangelism, we can think about prayer being for the events or for those who have yet to come to faith, but we must never neglect our own walk with God because we can only give what we have. When Peter and John were at the temple gate in Acts 3 they said to the lame man what we have we give you and in the secret place we gain more and more awareness of him that then when we find ourselves in those challenging situations or those places of opportunity that Chris will bring us to maybe this afternoon we have someone to share someone that we've spent time with don't let the next few months be an excuse for even more activity. Don't let the next few months just be busyness. Phil encouraged us a few weeks ago that as we look at this knowing him better, that applies to the people in the town and it applies to us too. We want to know him better. We know him better as we prepare for what he's sending us to do. So don't neglect the relationship that you have with him. Because out of that relationship, we then have someone to share with those to whom he sends us. And it's in that, that place of one-on-one -on -one, very often that he will speak to us. And give us those nudges and take us to places where he would have encounters ready for us. But we can bring the name and the presence of Jesus. But some of it is formed in the quiet place. You know, David slew Goliath. 
in the battlefield in front of thousands. But he was trained as a shepherd boy when he slew the wild beasts and nobody saw it. In our seeking to prepare for what is to come, let's nurture our relationship with the Lord Jesus. And Jesus said this, he said, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. I have set you apart for the work of bringing in fruit, and your fruit should last. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it. Do you hear those words for the church in Skipton? For you personally? Where the Lord could be saying to you, you've not chosen to get involved with this. I've chosen you to be involved in this. I set you apart for the work of bringing in fruit and your fruit should last. No, isn't that fantastic? What is going to happen over these next few months will last. It will last. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. You know, I, I wrote those, those words down in my notes and then I put incredible words of Jesus and I thought, they're not in a way incredible, they're credible. Might they be credible? They're amazing words of Jesus, but there's an implication in that first word that they're not believable, but they are. Wherever it might be, to whomever it might be, that lives will be changed as we ask the Father in His name and He gives it. I'm going to come back to that that phrase a little bit later, but I'll mention it now just in case I forget later, as I might do. The words there, he's talking to the disciples, and notice the plurality of the word you. We can take that individually, but actually that word is for us all together as collectively we pray. We collectively pray, and we're going to be looking in a few moments about what it means to pray collectively as we face the challenge of sharing our faith. And the Lord said there, as he prayed to his Father in John 17, this is life that lasts forever. You know, this is fruit. You know, if fruit's going to last, this is life that lasts forever. This is eternal fruit. It is to know you, the only true God, and to know Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And isn't that a passion of our hearts, that others would know him? And that is the best gift, the best opening we can give to people that they would know him. And it's all linked with how Jesus is encouraging us all to pray together. When we think about relationships, let's treasure each other. Let's love each other. And I've put pictures there. I actually just trolled a few websites and saw what I could find. Uh, and you might look at pictures there and think, I don't know who they are. <laughs> They're some of your brothers and sisters in the town. You're encouraged to love each other. And, and, and understandably so, we meet together as this group of disciples 
regularly, and so we grow to love each other here. But we're challenged to love and to treasure each other across the town. In different places, in St. Andrews, in Trinity, up at St. Stephen's at Christ Church, the Holy Trinity, other churches too across this community. Let's treasure each other and let it be one of those lasting legacies of do you know him? It's not only that we love each other and work together more here, but across our community we love one another more. And so what happens in the next few months is not something that finishes, but becomes a springboard for what is to come. Because as sure as God doesn't stop working, does he? He's, he's drawn us together and encouraged us for this time, but there is more to come. And as we, as we draw together, as we love one another, and find this such as a, a foundation for our prayer, it's a foundation for yet more to come. But not only to treasure each other, but to treasure those with whom God will call us to share our knowledge of Him. To look at people with a, with a softness that has come maybe in the secret place of Jesus. Maybe more of a softening has come as we've taken time to think about that lady that we occasionally see in Nero's. Or that young couple with their family that we see sometimes from time to time going down our street. As we, as we ponder on different ones. As we wonder even about when we walk around the canal next, who are we going to bump into? Who will God lead us to with whom we can share something of the wonder and the awesomeness of Jesus? You know, you, you read in, in Acts occasions when the disciples were together. You've got Acts 2, haven't you? Acts, the end of Acts 1 and beginning of Acts 2 and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And you can think maybe the unity of the, of the, of the early church, that's when it was most important because that's when the Spirit was initially outpoured. But you go to the end of Acts 4, or Acts 4, where you've got Peter and John who come back after their uh, being in front of the authorities, what had happened to the, to the lame man. And the church is under, under great challenge, and we, and we read there about how they respond. And listen out for the unity that's expressed, and what comes consequent to that. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Some of us, when we hear about Chris Duffett coming to help us go on the streets and share our faith, we do feel nervous. We do feel a lack of confidence. Look at Acts 4. Where did the boldness come from? The boldness came as together... They first of all brought God's word to him, if you read the whole story. And in oneness they prayed to him and then the, the power of the Holy Spirit once again filled them and gave them that boldness that they needed to preach the word, to share the word. 
You can imagine, can't you? That's, that's you know, the, the Doctor Who photo, for those of you wondering, where does that come That link with the heavenlies again. Think back to prayer. You know, you think, they're the disciples praying together, the church praying together, and the awesomeness of the heavenlies coming upon them, the Spirit of God coming upon them, that, that open heaven that provides what they need, the encouragement for what, what they need, the boldness to be whom God had asked them to be, to do what God had asked them to do. You know, unity, whether it's within the church, across the churches, unity in activity pleases God and is an evidence of the right spirit. Paul says when he writes in Ephesians 5, submit yourselves one to another. Don't be, don't be proud or feel threatened by each other. Let each esteem others better than themselves, isn't he, he says. Let's not seek to promote ourselves, but to submit one to another. And in that place of unity, in that place where we're not exalting ourselves, that's when God's blessing falls. And whatever you ask for in my name, I will do it for you. Some of you have commented on this photo that, that, that I had on the Facebook page um, where you've got intentional prayer, explosive power as we meet together to pray. I could just mention just very quickly some, some, some things that actually are not checklists of how we're doing this right, but actually they, they, they're examples of a right spirit in, in praying together. And there's just three points. When we pray together, and I'll mention it again a bit later, whatever size of group, we're going to be having a prayer breakfast next, next Saturday morning, uh, and we'll be praying together then. As I mentioned, there'll be other events when we'll be praying together. But in twos and threes, on different, loca at different occasions, pray with one another. Later on this morning, we're going to pray. And I haven't checked this out, but hey, you know, I'll be encouraging you to, to get in twos and threes maybe and just pray together or pray on your own. I don't, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be too fussy about it. We just pray <laughs> But three points to sort of maybe be helpful that reflect good values in prayer is to try to empathize with those whom we're praying for. Take time to feel someone's situation. Those in Skipton who have yet to come to know Jesus. You know, I don't know whether you ever stand on the uh, Holy Trinity sort of uh, graveyard, I suppose, really, isn't it? The grounds outside the church and look down the high street. Or again, if just, just watch people as you, as you sit in one of the coffee shops. Just focus on somebody. Just, just let the Spirit touch your spirit with what might be going off in their life. Take time. And, and not just in the 
super spiritual bit of let's listen to the Spirit, although that's valid. But actually taking time with people. Time is one of the most costliest things we've got. And when it's gone, it's gone. It's like one of those sales, isn't it? You know, when it's gone, it's gone. Well, time, once you've gone, it's gone, it's gone. One of the most precious things you can give to somebody else is your time. And as you give somebody your time, rather than just breathing past, you understand a little bit more about who they are, and then you can pray a little bit more empathetically. And it comes out of a heart of love, doesn't it? Giving people time. We give people time as we visit, and that's right. But then also, let's give people time in our prayers. Yes, we give people time to get to know them and understand some where they're coming from. And we pray for someone. You have so many people on your list, don't you? If you, if you're going, you, know, if you do have prayer lists, you think, how on earth can I pray for all these people? And sometimes maybe we can't. Sometimes we do group people together, and that's, that's fine, God understands. But there are times when God will lay somebody on your heart, and it's just, for time after time, you follow his leading to pray for them. And you might not pray for anybody else that morning. You only pray for that person. And it might even be somebody you've never met. How cracking is that? Somebody you've never met, yet you've seen their face. They might have just cut you up in the car or something like that. You've <laughs> and, you, and you take that person and you pray for them and you listen to God for them. We pray, giving people time. And we listen when we pray. As we're giving people time, how do I pray for that person? And sometimes we can just pray out of the character of Jesus within us, how God has changed us. Sometimes, and I remember Lisa mentioning this a few months ago when she spoke on prayer, to listen to the Bible. How does the Bible inform how we should pray for somebody? Listen to God's Word. Let that be a guide. Listen to the Spirit and the way that He might nudge us to pray for someone. And then can I just encourage you to listen to one another? When you're praying together, listen to each other. You know what it's like sometimes, you're in a prayer meeting, right? And, and you've got a prayer, and you're ready to say it. And then just before you start, somebody else starts. And you think, oh, I've got to remember my prayer, I've got to remember my prayer. Maybe you're not like that. But, and you don't listen to what somebody else is praying. You're so busy concentrating on, as soon as they finish, I'll get in. <laughs> or maybe you're not that keen. Right. Maybe you're just relieved that somebody else has prayed and not you. Listen to each other. Almost, you'd be willing to forget what you were going to pray about. Leave that to the Spirit to remind you. If He really wants you to pray, He won't, he won't let you forget. And then when it comes to saying amen, you say amen. How encouraging it is when you pray in a meeting and you hear other people say amen. How that affirms what you've been what your burden has been, and it's an expression once again of submission one to another and a willingness of together to bring our prayers before God because whatever you ask in my name, I will do it for you. Remember what I mentioned earlier, the plurality of that. So listen to each other. Let's listen to each other. And have a grand amen. And then persist. 
Pray like a salesman with his foot in the door. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Are they credible words? Are they credible? Yes. Because of who said them. Let's be persistent. And, uh, and, and never... Okay, it worked for me. <laughs> and once again, there will be particular events, but the most frequent events will be our daily lives. The most frequent events that we will all be involved in is our daily lives. And God calls us to be partners in prayer and mission, that together we sow the seed. Together we water it with our prayers. As individuals, carriers of mission, the knowledge of Jesus. That's the, mission, that's the message of mission, isn't it? It's the knowledge of Jesus, the presence of Jesus. Not so much the, the, the detailed text, although that's hugely important. Of course it is. But we're carriers of mission. The knowledge of Jesus. And let's encourage one another. You know, some of us will find it tough over the next few months. Encourage each other. Encourage those in the leadership. Encourage those who you know in other churches. Encourage those. You know, make an, an attempt, even this afternoon. Let's make an attempt to meet somebody new from a different church. You know what it's like when, when you have inter-church things? It can be a church huddle. Huh? Let's, the Skipton Baptist, be determined that we ain't going to be a church huddle. We're going to look to meet others and to encourage one another. Love one another. Seek out those who have no prayer partners. Some of you will be in intentional relationships, in relationships that can be your partners and share your burdens. Some of you won't. Intentionally look for those on the margins. Those who don't often make Sundays or cell groups. You might know somebody who's not been in your cell group for months, weeks, years. Seek them out. Renew friendships, renew contacts. Encourage one another, pray together. And the final words of Jesus. Final words of Jesus, look out for joy. I think this is, I think this is a cracker. You know, prayer has got, has got so many questions. And some of us have found prayer painful at times. But Jesus also encourages us that there is joy in prayer. And he says this, he says, this is what I want you to do. Right, so it's Jesus speaking to us. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping with the things I've revealed to you. Ask in my name according to my will and he'll most certainly give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. 
Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. What he's saying is that you know how exciting it is when something works. You might, I mean, I, I had a dreadful trouble with a dishwasher. And <laughs> it is true. It now works. And that, <laughs> I'm just getting used to it, really. because so Anyway, I won't go there. But that sense of joy when something works. And in a way, this is what, what Jesus is saying here to the disciples. He's saying, ask, and actually you'll find out that I'm going to answer your prayers. And your joy will be full. He said, he said earlier today, he said, there's going to be so much joy when you're going to see me again. You're going to go through some tough stuff. There's going to be joy. But your joy is going to be complete when you find prayer being answered. When you find those requests that you're bringing to me, it, put it crudely, it works. You know, Jesus was returning to the Father. He was giving the Holy Spirit and saying to the disciples, you're going to carry on the work that I began. You're going to be my witnesses. It's not all going to fall flat. Now I'm going to go. And what he's saying to them, he's saying, when you pray and you find answers coming to your prayer, your joy is going to be full. You're going to be so excited that it's true. It really is true. And I pray that that will be our experience. As the next weeks and months unfold, we will find great joy as we pray. It won't just be another, you know, section in the grand plan of how to do mission and we've got tick, we've done prayer but prayer won't be just coming back to the beginning it won't just be an empty exercise but it'll be something that will fill us with a sense of deep joy that we've been allowed to partner with the Lord Jesus in what he's called us to do so look out for joy And let's pray for an open sky, we'll skip to Pray for open sky, we'll skip to Going back to those pictures early, early on in, the, in, in what I was sharing about that, the open heavenlies, that as we pray, there'll be that freedom in the heavenlies, there'll be that freedom and that flowing, outflowing from the presence of God that Jesus will be known. Jesus would be known. Eternal life would come to people because Jesus would be known. And the eternal life within us would be enriched more and more because we would know him better too. It's a lot to look forward to, isn't it? Let's, let's look to him with an aching heart and an aching passion. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence across our community. Even today, Lord, we thank you for your presence in your church that's meeting in different places across this area. 
And Lord, as our hearts ache for you, might the hearts of our brothers and sisters ache for you too. And might the knowledge of you spread more and more across this place where you put us. Jesus, might you be known. Needy hearts, hungry hearts, thirsty souls, might people meet you? Might they encounter you? Might it be through us? Might it be through others? Just by your divine intervention, might people meet Jesus? Reveal yourself, Lord, to us and through us, we pray. And we thank you for the fruit that will come and we thank you for the fruit that will last because we thank you that that fruit is knowing you. So let it be. And let all the Lord's people say together, Amen.